On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we recap week one of the free agency period. Who's gone? Who still remains? The Lightning still have some moves to make as they try to become cap eligible. We'll talk about all that more, but first, let's play that music. You're Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year, this season, with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we are discussing all the moves made in week one of the free agency period for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, some players have moved on to other destinations, other new homes as well as the Lightning have have signed some new faces to contribute to the lineup and, and to the future roster for the upcoming season. So we're going to talk about that on today's episode. But first, I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Following us on an audio platform, please go and hit that notification button. Subscribe to us so as soon as the newest episode drops, you'll be notified. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscription button button as well as that thumbs up and that notification bell so as soon as the newest episode drops you'll be notified so talking about some of the moves that weren't made and what i mean by that is that i mean the the lightning players that are no longer with us and what i mean by that i mean jan ruda and andre plot jan ruda signed with the pittsburgh penguins and andre plot signed with the New Jersey Devils. And I have to say that, you know, being that person who was talking for the last couple weeks, maybe a month or so, about objectifying, just being so objective to the Lightning re-signing on Ruta because I did not believe, and for what the contract he got, that's great. You know, you're going to be playing on a, on a decently good team, in a very tough division, not saying that the Atlantic division is not tough, but the Metro is just an absolute dumpster fire of competitive teams. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if Jan Ruda's agent or Jan Ruda, uh, for that matter, took that into account. But when a team is offering you money, uh, what the what the Lightning, I mean, excuse me, what the, what the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, gave him three years, eight, Point two five million dollars a year. I mean, I mean, you got to go for the bag. Uh, he's thirty one years old, so it's not like he's a dinosaur. But uh, I've spoken about this on past episodes that really, Jan Ruda, you know, and he got two point seven five AAV. So, do I think Jan Ruda is worth two point seven five? Maybe if we're talking about maybe if Tampa's in a different place in terms of cap space. Yeah. I, I mean, the case could be made. Yes. He, he was part of two Stanley cup winning teams. And, and yes, I, 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 I'm not going to diss him because if you've been listening to the show for at least the, 
this season, um, you know, I've I've ragged on him sometimes, most of the time. Um, my my viewpoint with Jan Ruda is that really what it comes down to it is that you know if he was playing on the third line uh, with Mikhail Sergachev on a nightly basis, that is one thing. But we have seen him thrown up to the first line with Victor Hedman sometimes, depending if he's coming back from an injury, which I've spoken about in detail about is that I don't, you know, and he does miss a lot of games. And that is the one thing. And the one reason why I did not think Tampa should have brought him back in the first place, uh, you know, the last couple of years, and maybe we could add an asterisk over the 2021 season because there was only 56 or so games played. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, kill him for playing 35. So technically he missed about maybe 20, 20 and change, whatever. But 2020, uh, 2019-20 only played 33 games. I think there was about 63 or so games off the top of my head. But And if you look at his career averages, he's really only averaging about 45 or so games, which is barely half a season. And that's why that worries me, because up until this past year, uh, he never played past... 57 games and what that tells me is obviously he's injury prone um and and you know he he was the kind of kind of what he brings to this team really is is that he is an offense defensive defenseman kind of what we see out of eric chernak um but chernak's a horse chernak plays a little bit more games than him uh, I would say, you know, off the top of my head, I don't have Eric Chernak's numbers in front of me, but if I had to estimate, I would say Eric Chernak plays about maybe 65, 65-ish, maybe even more 70 range. Um, and Eric Chernak also is 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 a little bit of a more dynamic player. I'm not saying he's an actual, he's, he's you know, he's Victor Hedman or, or he's, 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 you know, I don't know, uh, Cal McCarr, you know, I'm not saying that he's, he's like that. He's not an overly dynamic player. I mean, when you look at their stats, I'm looking at Eric Chernax right now, he's played the, his career total is 67. <clears throat> so what that tells me is that, you know, really he's a little bit of the long, long lines but my thing is is that you know if you look at these two guys and what they do on the ice um i feel like chernak has a little bit more to offer and chernak's also a lot younger chernak's going to be 25 uh this upcoming season so a little bit more of a spring chicken there he just turned 30 uh 24 as opposed to john ruda who's 31 so a little bit you know a little bit where there uh, on Ruda's side, maybe when when Eric Chernak turns 31, we might be having the same conversation. But when I really look at these two guys, I think it. I, I think it. Look at different players. Now I look at what the impact that they have on the team and on the ice when they're on the ice. Eric Chernak, uh, there's rarely a shift where he is on the ice and we don't hear his name mentioned. He's always in the thick of it, and that's what's great about Eric Chernak. Where um, 
with Jan Ruda, we there would be ga- almost weeks, multiple weeks, where we would not even know that he was on the ice at certain points. Uh, and, and we've heard Brian Ingblom say it at certain points. You know, didn't even realize you know Jan Ruda was on the ice tonight, and, and that is the thing that concerned me as well. So, you know, if you had to ask me, and, and that's what everybody should ask themselves when they look when they a team they root for, whether it be the Lightning or whether it be another team, you know, when they allow a player uh, to to leave and to go play with another player, you have to kind of ask yourself, is this player worth the money to us that the other team that he's going to, is he worth that? And in my opinion, especially even if the Lightning were not in the situation they are, um, I would think that, you know, Eric Turnak, I mean, excuse me, Jan Ruda is not a $2.75 million player a year. So we'll talk about Andre Palat. Uh, you never want to see a player of this caliber leave. Uh, one of the one of the the solid veterans on this Tampa Bay Lightning team. One of I think of the pillars. You know, even though he didn't stats wise really go crazy over these last two Cup runs, um, a figure on the ice uh, for the franchise and in the locker room. So he will definitely be missed. We'll talk about him as well as later on in the show. We are going to discuss some of the players that got extended. Some of the players that are to be new faces coming into the dressing room this year we'll talk about all of that but first i want to talk about our first sponsor and that is betonline.net betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online sources for odds lines and games betonline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcast they have you covered head to betonline.com.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts so i would like to thank everybody once again for subscribing to the show uh the youtube page has absolutely blown up and also uh go ahead and follow our social media pages lo underscore lightning on twitter as well as locked on underscore lightning on instagram give me a follow on twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. So looking at another face that has left, unfortunately, this is the one player where I feel like over the last couple of years, and, and let me let me preface Andre Plot by saying this, is that over the last couple of years, it has been tough for the Tampa Bay Lightning, mainly last offseason as well as some of the, this during this season, you know, Matthew Joseph going to the centers. Uh, I think it would have been a lot tougher if Nick Paul didn't work out and come and play the way he did, not only in the playoffs, but immediately. And it was tough. It was bittersweet last year winning that cup uh, second consecutive, just because, you know, you, you're, you had three huge players really who, who were made, who made huge contributions to this team and the success it had in uh Blake Coleman, Yanni Gord, and Barkley Goodrow, all scattered across the NHL. Obviously, Blake Coleman is in Calgary. Uh Yanni Gord got taken in the expansion draft to Seattle. Barkley Goodrow, what his rights were signed over to excuse me, were traded away to New York Rangers. And all those guys have have experienced quite a bit of success since leaving. So you know great for them. And they all got paid. 
Uh, well, I know Blake Coleman did as well as Barkley Goodrow. So, uh, Yanni Gord still has his old deal from when he was with the Lightning. And so that, you know, that, that within itself sucked. But this, the whole Andre Palat thing, I felt like since Lightning fans kind of got that out of the way last year, Andre Palat leaving. And let's face it, Julian Reesboss has been an absolute wizard with the salary cap, with bringing guys in, whether it be guys from, you know, during the trade deadline or in the offseason. Last offseason, we know he brought back Zach, Zach Bogosian and most notably Corey Perry. But I think if you had to poll Lightning Nation and ask them on a scale of 1 to 10, how shocked or bothered were they by Andre Plot leaving? I think there would be an overwhelming, you know, one being not shocked at all and 10 being uh, concerningly uh, shocked and appalled. I would say that probably it would fall around three, three and a half. Um, you know, there was... You, with with Julian Brees boss, you can never count him out to make some crazy deal uh, to help the Lightning give themselves some cap space. And, you know, my expectations for Andre Palat coming back were very slim, if, if there was really any. Um, you know, really him playing as well as he did in the Stanley Cup playoffs really was the thing that, as much as it helped, the lightning in the moment it didn't help the lightning long term just because it, his value went up and he got paid he got paid uh i didn't i'm not sure how many teams would have made this deal just because of the things that and i'm not trying to hate on palat you know maybe this is just my subconscious way of of trying to talk it down to where maybe that's my way of, of dealing with it, but with his with him not being in Tampa anymore, at the same time he's up in New Jersey now, and and I'm in the New York tri-state area, so you know I'm a train ride away from him, so I could go see him anytime anytime I want to get anytime I get nostalgia. But he gets five years, uh, thirty million dollars, and you know that comes out to eight point two five, and his cap cap hit is six mil. Uh, for the 22-23 season. So, listen, he deserved every penny of this, everything that he has done over his tenure with Tampa Bay Lightning. And he even said it when he was introduced with the New Jersey Devils that, you know, it, it sucked leaving. It was bittersweet. Um, you know, as much as I'm sure it's exciting for any player when they hit the free agent market, you know, that that especially for the first time, uh, that feeling of of exploring uncharted territory and kind of seeing, you know, it's almost of an ego boost, I think. I think, you know, getting courted by, you know, almost all 32 teams, um, it's it's very exciting. And it, and it kind of, you know, especially if you didn't finish the season on on a way that you wish you would have finished, I, I think that um, it really was something that I think he really wanted to experience, even though, you know, he said, like I said in his uh, his uh, 
his press conference that it was something that he really didn't want uh, to happen. And I think uh, in a way he was also uh, he was also hoping that there would be some sort of uh, some sort of uh, miracle move made by Julian Brees' boss, which was obviously not made. Now, having said that, the Lightning did make some moves, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Lightning aren't going to miss him. They're going to miss him a whole ton, especially that combo between him and Stamkos. And at times, Nikita Kucherov, when his head is in the game, uh, you know, I don't mean to poke fun at Kuch, but, you know, didn't, like I said on previous episodes, didn't exactly end the season on the way we thought. But, you know, that is that is a conversation that we will have way down the line if, if need be. But, yeah, it, I think with Paul, I think, you know, looking past the numbers, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree, you know, obviously a fan favorite. Um, you're missing a guy who what would come up big in the moment when when the Lightning really needed him. And, and especially this past playoffs, his ability and what he did for this team over his course, you know, uh, this past season, 77 games played, 18 goals, 49 points, uh, and, and really a fantastic season. And what a way to, ha- you know, what a way to, to to leave Tampa, you know, especially what he did in the playoffs. Um, definitely if Tampa did end up winning uh, another Stanley Cup, could have very well been in the running uh, for, for the uh, Conn Smythe. 21 points, 11 goals, and 23 games played. So, uh, you know, that is that is something, and that's a that's a career high for him in the playoffs in terms of points. Um, so, you know what? It's going to be bittersweet to see him go. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be bittersweet to play against him. You know, you're going to say, hey, it's, it's Pally. And, you know, you're going to feel the same way about McDonough. You're going to feel the same way about Coleman, I'm sure, still down the line. Uh and I'm sure Lightning fans are going to look at him and, and, and think of fond memories. And, and really, you know, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself because this season has not even even remotely close to starting. But I wouldn't be surprised within the next two to three years because, let's face it, the Devils aren't exactly a team that is there yet. Uh, I think they were kind of hoping, wishful, wishful thinking that Johnny Gordeaux was going to go uh, come back home to New Jersey. Obviously, that didn't happen in a very surprising move to Columbus. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Julian Breesboss gets the cap under control within the next two years. And if Pilat is still producing and Tampa is kind of in a funky spot in the season where they're going to make the playoffs, but you know, they need that one guy like what we saw in 1920 and 2021. I would not be surprised if we hear the chatter start to pick up of Palat possibly coming back home to Tampa. So I would not be surprised, like I said, in a couple of seasons or so, um, if that conversation is had at one point or another. Um, so we'll see. You know, uh, good luck to him in Jersey. And uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he comes back home, and that's just wishful thinking. So we're going to talk about 
wrapping up, we're going to talk about some of the moves that Tampa made, which were very interesting to me in the way that really what what is interesting about it is that this whole offseason, the whole reason why guys are leaving, why you know, you're not going to have the plots, you're not going to have the rudas. You're not going to have other players. And that is because of cap concerns and and really the whole offseason, the whole theme of this is to get within the cap area where in the constrictions where Tampa is going to be able to make some moves during the regular season. And it seemed like they took a step backwards. Now we're in July, so we have plenty of time until Julian Brees Boston needs to have a difficult conversation with somebody on this team. Uh, because I guarantee you come opening night, we're not going to see maybe a guy in uniform that we have not seen in a while. Uh, so as it stands right now, the Lightning are $7 million and change in the red, in the cap space, in, in the salary cap. And obviously, you know, if you're looking at cap friendly along with me, there a lot of these guys that we, we have uh, that Tampa has are probably not even going to be dressed. They're going to be LTIR or whatever. But so some of the new moves that were made, uh, just to recap, some of you that maybe have forgotten uh, some of the moves that were made where Ian Cole was signed to a one-year contract, uh, veteran defenseman, won a cup with the Penguins. Uh, I, I assume that he is going to be on that third line with Mikhail Sergachev. So I, uh, you know, Sergachev had a little bit of a down year and was pretty much a non-factor in the playoffs. So I think this is going to be a good learning experience from Sergachev for Sergachev uh, to kind of have that veteran presence with him, kind of help him get his his shoulder back on his head. And uh, the other deals that were made, uh, some of the new faces that will be coming in, there's Hayden Flurry uh, signed to a two-year contract. He was with uh, the Kraken this past year. Uh, so another new face and, and another, another new face, which was quite frankly, I was shocked that this move was made. Uh, I, it was usually when I see, you know, former lightning players in the free agent market, I'm like, okay, you know, that maybe that's something that's a move. There's, there's that source of familiarity there with that player. So maybe a, a reunion is not out of the question. And Vladislav Nemestikov, uh, was in Dallas. Uh, he was also with, with Colorado. He was also with the Rangers. He's bounced around the NHL a little bit since uh, leaving Tampa. Uh, glad to see him back. He'll probably be on the third line, I would imagine. Um, and then there's some other players, which we won't get into, uh, uh, just minor additions through the, the McDonough trade. We've already spoken about that. Um, and then Eric Chernak, uh, and, and Anthony Sorelli, uh, both getting extensions there. So uh, very well-deserved extensions there as well, where where Julian Brees-Boss will, will have them at some, you know, especially Anthony Sorelli will have him on somewhat of a, of a discount down the line. So, you know, that was good to lock these guys up while you still have a chance. And, but, the one move that needs to be made, obviously, and, and I've spoken about this numerous times, and, and I f- really would have liked to have seen it done, be done, was Alex Kalorn. Uh, 
I, I just think the longer you hold on to him, the longer the the farther down his value goes. Uh, just really struggled immensely throughout the postseason. And I think that a lot of teams in, in there's some teams, the teams that are especially not playing for anything, and, and they know who they are. Obviously, you want to be optimistic. You never want to come out and say that. But there's there's at least 15 GMs, 15, 16 GMs that, that are saying to themselves right now, we're not playing for anything next year. Maybe maybe less. Maybe there's less teams than that. But I would say, okay, maybe six teams. There's six GMs out there right now that are saying we're not we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not even going to sniff the wild card conversation. Um, teams like that 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 is like like an Arizona Coyotes, like a San Jose Sharks, even though they have a ton of cap problems themselves. But a team like Arizona, a team like Seattle. That is the t- kind of team that Julian Brees Bosch should be reaching out to right now at this moment. And because those are, you know, I, I, I think that really JBB really needs to cut his losses here. I don't know if the conversation with Kalorn has just hit a stalemate where he's probably said to him, you know, I ain't moving. I, I ain't, I'm not waving my no trade clause for absolute nothing you know it doesn't matter you're gonna have to figure it out on your own and so lightning are in a tough spot they're they're in really a tough spot right now you know it's you know moving Kalorn though is not going to be the 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 great you know move that that fixes everything it's not it's not going to be the giant band-aid no, uh, that you get forty-four fifty off the books. That's great, but you still have three and change that you need to figure out where you got to move. So that's why I'm a little confused. I get the moves. I understand the moves. That's great. Uh, having Ian Cole on the team, I think down the line is going to be fantastic. Giving him three million, not entirely sure about that. Do I think Ian Cole? At 33 for three mil is a lot better than Jan Ruda at 31 for 2.75. Not entirely. I I don't think so. I I don't think that, you know, I don't think one is better than the other. Obviously, one contract is better than the other, but do I think that one is going to benefit the team as a whole better, especially that third line pairing? No, absolutely not. But I think that Julian Brees Boss is a general manager who values veteran leadership above anything else. So he is going to find a way to work these guys in. You saw it last offseason with Corey Perry and Pierre Edward Belmar. Um, and, and really, you know, that is something that, you know, if it works out, that's great. If Ian Cole gets hurt in training camp and has injury issues all season long, uh, we're looking at, you know, just this $3 million to be more troublesome than it needs to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that, and, and I'll speak about this on later episodes, but you know, really signing another defenseman when you just let one walk, uh, especially when you have Cal foot waiting in the wings, ready to, to take on a bet, a bigger role on this team. I think that um, if you're going to penny pinch, you got to penny pinch in the right situations. And I think, you know, like I said, as much as I would have liked 
you know, as much as I do like this Ian Cole signing, I think there's, you know, because you, you can't bank on every defense, every defenseman playing well and playing only two games this year. I uh, get it as well as Hayden Flurry. Um, it's nice to have that, that little bit of uh, depth. I, I still think, I don't, I don't think you're signing Ian Cole uh, for $3 million to be in healthy scratch on an every, on a night to night basis. And especially, you know, maybe Hayden Flurry for 700 K. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine for two years. Uh, but I don't think uh, that Ian Cole is going to be sitting on the bench or up in the stands uh, for $3 million. Um, but so a little bit of a head scratcher there in terms of money uh, being spent. It seemed like this team was heading in the right direction in terms of the cap, but obviously uh, now they're $7 million in the red and it's going to be interesting to see what, decisions are going to be made because I was afraid and we'll wrap things up with this. I was afraid that Julian Brees was going to make a, make it, make a deal. You know, if he couldn't get the Kalorn deal done, then you're talking, you're looking at the other guys on this, on this, on this team who might have to be moved, who have no trade clauses, who, who don't have no trade clauses. And, you know, one of them is named Braden Point. Now, I'm not saying that name. Now, I'm not saying Julian Brees boss would trade Braden Point. Absolutely not. But, I mean, who else do you move where you're not losing depth? And you're going to have to make multiple moves here because, you know, you look at Alex Barre-Boulet, I think a very valuable player who could contribute immensely to this team on the third or even fourth line. I would hope that if he's up at the NHL level, he's playing on the third line. Uh, he's shown that he could play at that level, especially on that line before. Uh, Ross Colton, not going anywhere. Brandon Hagel, not going anywhere. Uh, so really, you know, where who who's going to be the odd man out? And we're going to find out in the, in the next couple of weeks. And make sure to like and subscribe to the pod. Give us a follow wherever, the, wherever you follow or listen to podcasts. And give us a subs- subscription on YouTube. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see, and we'll talk about it as the stories develop. We'll pick, I'll pitch my own theories, and go ahead and drop a comment in the comments below. Who do you think is going to be the odd man left out? Where do Julian Breesboss, where does he need to trim the fat, uh, and where does he need to improve on this team to compensate for some of the players that he might lose in the coming weeks. So we'll talk about all of that. So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.